Welcome to this special bonus episode of the KVB Review Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Davis. Today, we're continuing our Insights 2023 series. This is where we talk to KBB industry leaders about their thoughts looking back at 2022 and where they think the opportunities, pitfalls and growth lie in 2023. It's a fascinating look into the opinions of some of the sharpest minds in the industry. And this week, I'm talking to Steve Breen, the new head of Vitra in the UK. He took over the bathroom heavyweight in the summer with ambitious plans for growth and expansion across all the channels. But as 2022 draws to a close, how is his confidence as he looks forward to 2023 for both Vitra and the industry as a whole? But first... Make sure you don't miss any other episodes in this special series or indeed any episodes of the normal KBB Review podcast by following us in your podcast app of choice. You can find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or to be honest, anywhere else you can get your podcast. And you can do that by simply searching KBB Review, or one word. And you know what? While you're there, you might as well give us a nice rating and review as it really does encourage others to give us a go. So here we are in the splendid surroundings of the Vitra London showroom in Clerkenwell, just a stone's throw from the new Farringdon station. And I'm here with Vitra's new managing director, Steve Breen. Hello, Steve. Hi, how are you doing? I'm very, very well, thank you. This is a fabulous new facility you've got. And, you know, I keep calling you the new guy, but you actually started in the summer. Does it still feel like you're the new guy? And how does it feel to be able to walk into a place like this thinking you're in charge? Well, I'll start with that. It feels fantastic and I'm honoured, to be honest, to be having this position. I worked with a competitor for a while and Vitra was a brand that I'd looked at from a distance and thought, fantastic brand, really nice design, could be doing a bit more and a lot more in the market. So the opportunity to now head that brand up and head the business up in the UK is uh, it's an absolute honour. And then walking into a facility like this is fantastic. And I know that a lot of brands have got them now. A lot of different products are represented by these type of showrooms, but this is a real standard. And we hear that a lot from the architects and designers that come in here on a regular basis because we activate it a lot for those people. And when we bring retailers in, they they see it as a really strong reflection of our brand. So it's a a fantastic place to work. It it is a fabulous place, but I always think these are like a statement of intent as much as anything else, aren't they? They most certainly are. And I think think that's a really good way of capturing this place. It's just over a year old. So it was, uh, it was here before I got here. I would have taken the same decision to put one in, of course, but it is a statement of intent. And I think it shows the direction that Vitra wants to travel in the UK. And as I say, if you look at this place during the week, it's mostly activated with the architect and design community. And of course that trickles down and that really states our intent to grow in the project business and the house building business. But equally, you can see we've got a virtual world's 4D piece of equipment down here, which we use with consumers. So we have lots of consumers coming by, you know, you you can see yourself just outside of uh, Farringdon Station. Great footfall going past, huge window space. So we get lots of drop-ins. And funnily enough, you know, we're converting some of those. So we're, we're having people come in, we're showing them around, we're doing designs for them, and then we're pointing them to some of our retail partners, which is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, going back to it, real statement of intent for the brand. And, you know, we're very fortunate that the holding group, the Exashabashi group, are investing in the bathroom division, heavily wanting to invest. And that comes through MPI and MPD, but it, it's also through its digital transformation journey. But this is a statement of intent, which is replicated across Dubai, Moscow, hopefully Italy, and certainly, you know, how it's represented in Turkey as well with with showrooms that are probably three or four times the size of this. Yeah, it is fabulous. But look, we're here to talk about 2023. But before we look forward to that, I think it's worth getting your assessment of, of where we are here and now at the end of 2022. It has been a strange old few years, to, yeah. to say the least. So where are we right now? What's your assessment of this industry here and now? 
It's certainly a game of two halves. I think the beginning of the year carried on that strong momentum that came post-COVID. I think what we're seeing now is a bit of softening, a little bit of softening in the order books caused by the obvious, you know, uh, trustonomics, which has hit everybody quite hard. So we've seen a little bit of softening. However, it's a contradiction really in what I say. We've got a robust order book. We're talking to our customers. We don't see a great deal of risk in, in cancellations. The, the underlying demand is still there, but certainly some signs of softening going into 2023. But we will close out as a business, you know, way ahead of, of our budget, which is fantastic. I think one of the things that's always worth reiterating is how that softening is coming from a really high point. I mean, we had a, a year there. I mean, 2021 in particular yeah. was breaking records left, right and centre for so many people. And I think we always have to sort of factor that in to whether a market is is contracting or softening, or whether it's just kind of resetting itself to a normal <laughs> to a normal level. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and you know, I've, I've invested <laughs> probably too much money at the moment in um, various reports, you name it, we've bought it and they all have an opinion. And, and certainly the, the common thread is absolutely the market rebounded very significantly from COVID and we're still riding that. So actually the correction, if you like, or the balancing, it was due, but I think probably been impacted far more by current cost inflation, you know, which is which we're seeing. Trustonomics, which I mentioned, you know, the Ukrainian conflict and just uncertainty. So, you know, where it lands and where it's dropped to is is unknown. And I'm reading various statistics around where the housing market will go and how many completions, how many sort of housing transactions are completing, which is still up year on year. So you'd hope that we see opportunity from the RMI market there. We might not see as many housing completions next year. But of course, we've got the race towards June when building regulations change. So house builders will want to get as many starts in as possible, which will help the market. But for the retail market, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it lands. But I, I think you're right to point out that we, you know, we've had a good time of it over 2021 into 2022 post post pandemic, really. Well, let's get a bit of detail on 2023 because a lot of it is about confidence, isn't it? That's that's a word that keeps coming up and over and over again. And and yes, there's lots of economic stuff happening. And it's all over the news every night and you know you can't avoid it. But to me, this is about denting confidence as much as this is about managing economics. Would that, would that be fair, do you think? I think it is, yeah. And, and it's where that confidence is. You look at confidence and it's, it's consumer confidence, but it's business confidence as well. Right. And it's, and it's interesting in the business confidence because one of the worst things that I think most manufacturers could do now is retrench based on the outlook. And, and why am I saying that? 2022, and you've just said, you know, inflated market, how big could it have been if the supply chain would have been there? So I think if we retrench and cut down manufacturing, turn kilns off, cut down our uh, raw material stocks, et cetera, are we going to get caught out again? Now, you know, I'm not trying to defy the reality that's out there. You know, if you open, you only have to listen to the news and open the window, there's, there's stuff happening to us that's, that's going to affect our year. But I think in terms of confidence and business confidence, certainly the approach we're taking is we're going to continue to manufacture. You know, there is still a backlog of supply that we need to catch up on. And I think a lot of manufacturers are in that position and that demand still exists. And I think we need to carry that forward. The consumer confidence is a little more tricky. We're, we're working extremely hard to try and understand that. We're just doing a, a designing a survey now, for instance, for our retailers to, to try and understand what how they're feeling about business confidence for next year and, and how they're seeing consumer confidence. And equally, you know, the thing we've got to look out for is the, is the channels and how the confidence plays across those channels. Because regardless of confidence, the, there's also a, a desire for convenience. And I don't want those two things to be mis, misinterpreted because 
there might be some channel switch. And does that mean consumers are less confident because they're turning away from retail onto online or vice versa? And I think there's a lot for us to sort of muddle through in 2023 to get to the bot to get to real grips with with what's going on. One of the things I keep reminding people of all the time too is that this is a really resilient, robust sector to be in because we're not talking fast-moving consumer goods here. We're not talking about people deciding whether to get a new telly or not. They always see bathrooms and kitchens as an investment in the home. We saw this through the lockdowns, didn't we, that people like to nest when crises are happening on the outside. Yeah. You know, this isn't the same as cutting back on spending. This is an investment in something. So I think we are quite robust in that. And in fact, how much more of a crisis do you want than the lockdowns? <laughs> and there was a massive yeah, boom, right? So yeah. who, who, who the hell knows? Not me, certainly. I think there are always people in this arena, particularly in independent retail, they're entrepreneurs mostly, they always try to see where the growth and the opportunities are. So where do you think the opportunities are in 2023? Well, let me come back to to what you've just said, because I totally agree. You know, this isn't a new television or a new iPhone, which can sometimes come out of your your monthly income, right? These are longer term decisions. And there's much more that goes into that decision making and a longer period of time to make sure we've got the money for that. And, And equally, you know, when the housing market drops, we tend to see the RMI market increase because mm. people tend to, instead of move, improve. And, and so I think the fundamentals are there. In 2023, I think the real opportunity is to, um, let me talk about the retail, you know, which is the core core of our business and certainly the foundations on which Vitra was built 30 years ago. We know that as we go into a tougher market now, a tougher market for income and, and consumer choices and spending choices. But I think what the pandemic gave us was the rise of the e-commerce channel, convenience, you couldn't go out to a shop anyway, so so it, so it grew, and that that remains, and I think that's going to continue. But I think rather than wish it wasn't there as a traditional retailer, it's it's time to live and coexist with it. And so I think our challenge as a as a manufacturer is to help our retailers coexist with e-commerce. And you know what do I mean by that? I think thirty five percent now. One of the reports I've read from the amount of money I've spent <laughs> is telling us that uh, a lot of these bathroom choices are starting online. So we need to help our retailers actually create really compelling content for online, whether that's video, whether that's uh, social media and directing traffic to them to help consumers choose a bathroom and then point them towards these retailers. Now, that's easier said than done. And we're working on that at the moment. We're looking at ourselves. We're doing a we're doing a big mirror test on how easy we are and what benefits and value we bring to our retailers um, as we go into 2023, a much more difficult year. And I think one of those things is looking at how we help them coexist with e-commerce and take e-commerce on, but offer that digital journey without being an e-commerce player. Do you know mm. what I mean? The two work together, obviously. They, they, they go together, but that digital journey is it's four screens, isn't it? It's your mobile phone, it's your laptop, it's your television, you know, it's your iPad, and, and there's content available all the time. We need to generate more of that content, you know, compelling content, value-adding content, which retailers can use and, and, and help them rise to that occasion, I think. And I think Pocket's going to be squeezed. And uh, there's going to be a value journey that's taken. And that's where we can come in. We've got very broad ranges and we need to help the retailers navigate through those ranges so they don't compromise on design and quality. We can, with our, with the breadth of our ranges, offer different price points. And and then lastly, Andrew, I think you know sustainability is a big drive in 2023 as well. And that comes from the connection to 
cost and looking at value. We have got more efficient products that use less water, et cetera. I think they're going to be a big driver. We need to help retailers talk about those and, and sell those. To their consumers. I think it's about expansion of natural expertise, isn't it? These guys have been doing it a long time. They know their audiences. They know how to do bathrooms. But I think there is a natural expansion in some of that expertise when it comes to using online to promote, yeah. to promote themselves as opposed to sell products. I think you think you're absolutely yeah. right about that. I think about being experts in sustainable solutions for bathrooms, whether that's about using less water, using less hot water, about disposing of the waste, all those other things that they, they have to be able to talk knowledgeably to yeah. the customers about. And I think, I think you're absolutely right. That always learning element yeah. of being a retailer is a big part of that. And I think you know brands like yours can play a big part. So look, the flip side of that is, I think a lot of the time managing a crisis, you know, let's keep calling it that, although I think that's a very loose term, is about controlling the controllables, mm-hmm. right? Of working out what you have the power to change. So if you were a retailer, what would be the issues or traps or pitfalls or minefields or whatever analogy you want to use that you'd be looking out for in the next 12 months? It's a good question. I think one of the pitfalls that, that retailers could fall into is, is retrench. Um, and what I mean by that is, is don't be open to investment in their stores. There's still MPI coming through, but because it's the tough year coming, don't don't think about not investing in your store because whilst 35% of journeys are starting online, the store itself at 29% of the time is still playing a massive part in that journey. So keep investing in your store. And it's interesting because Victoria Plum, for instance, you know, the one of the big online players is looking at designing store, which is a play straight back to the offline channel. So it's a really valued piece. And I think um, one of the pitfalls that they could fall into is not promoting that heavily enough. That's a great service and consumers need that service, especially when they're being uh, a little bit more watchful on, on the pound, you know. And we've just said it as well. They've got to continue learning. So don't fall into the pitfall of a self-fulfilling prophecy. Fight your way out of this and, and demand more from us as a supplier. We haven't got an endless pot of money, but you know, as we said earlier, this showroom is a statement of intent about where we want to go. And that's translating into the provision of more materials to our customers to help them on that journey, to convince consumers and to encourage consumers and footfall into their stores. So keep talking to us, you know, don't go quiet, keep talking to us, keep talking to us about your challenges. We might not be able to answer all of them, but we're going to give it a good go. If the market is falling back and perhaps you're not as busy as you ridiculously have been in the last two years, to use the time it's given you wisely. That's the other thing I've heard from a few people. If you're gifted time here, look at it that way, use it wisely to learn more, to do more, to plan more, because you've just been doing what's in front of your face for the past you know, 18 months, two years, haven't you? It's, it's a really good point, actually. We're talking to our sales team at the moment. I, I referenced it earlier that we're, mm. we're going to start service, surveying our customers to understand how they feel about sentiment. We're encouraging our sales team now to start working with our retail customers more in terms of a business plan. You know, how can we help them? And I think this is the time, as you say, where there's a little bit more downtime to just have a think about, you know, what they want to achieve, how they're going to achieve it and how we can support them in that journey. So yeah, I think it's a really valid point. We've talked a little bit about consumers already, but let's touch on that again, because it's so important trying to predict or see or what they might do or might not do at this point. Is there any way of, of working that out, do you think, and where do you think they're going to land? Is it the nesting? Is it the, is it the cutting down on spending? Is it about investment? What are you working towards? We're, we're quite a traditional business model at the moment, Vitra. We built our foundations on retail and we, we're building a position in, in projects. So, so actually, in terms of the consumer themselves, we're having to rely on our partners to tell us about that. So the natural thing we're doing, and we've got to do this, you know, to survive just like everybody else is, we've got to look at these developing channels 
the e-commerce channel, DIY channel. Now, what's the good thing about that? They are data rich and we start to learn a lot more about the consumer. As we start to use more digital marketing methods and as we start to use more digital content to get to those and we can see the activation of that, we learn much more about the consumer. So channel development is going to help us in that. And that helps us help our traditional channel as well. So it's about those two coexisting. I think there's a halo effect for, for, for working across those channels. But we're also looking now at how we use our own website uh, and digital content to drive much more consumer traffic, to see what they're engaging with, to see how on the dwelling, whereabouts in, the, in their journey, our website appears. Uh, we've got some work to do on that, but that's what we're invested in going through uh, 2023. Yeah, I think you're right. An awful lot of discussion about selling direct, for example, is nothing to do with the money. It's about getting hold of that data, isn't it? Yeah, it's about having yeah. the relation, direct relationship with the consumer yeah. to learn more about it, what it is they, they want or don't want yeah. in, in this whole process. There's an awful lot of steps between the people who make the product and the people who buy the product. Yes. And those steps could be distribution, retail, the fitter, and then you finally end up with Mrs. Smith. That conversation doesn't happen in the right places all the time. Let's touch on Richer again, because as I say, look, you've been in this job at, what, six months now or something. If I'm back here in this showroom, it's 12 months from now, at the end of 2023, what conversations will we'll be having then? What goals will you have achieved? What are you aiming for as, in terms of the brand in the next 12 months? We've got to grow. The Exagibaji group who own us are investing. So we've put new capacity down for ceramics, uh, 2 million pieces a year. We're, we've put in a new factory down for brassware. We've got a new factory down for concealed systems and we're making investments in our furniture factory. So with that comes a huge responsibility for all the business units to grow. And as I said to you before, we're coming from a reasonably low base. If you look at our overall share in the accessible bathroom market, we're about six, seven percent, you know, driven predominantly by ceramics. So for me, and I'm going through this at the moment, I'm working with our board to develop our strategic plan and get the investments to, to back that. And it's, uh, it's not one of incremental growth, it's one of, it's one of big growth. And it's across all channels. And what I mean by that is our retail channel, we know that with the space to grow across our core categories within there. And we're doing the mirror test at the moment. And what I mean by that is we're, we're looking in the mirror and saying, well, how easy are we to deal with? Because one of the core values I'm trying to bring to the business is customer centricity. How customer focused are we and how at the center of that is our customer and the end consumer? So how easy are we to do business with retail? So we're looking at the way we've curated our collections and our, and our brand and what we ask of our customers in terms of display criteria, et cetera. And we want to become easier to deal with. And I think if we can do that and some of the stuff that we've talked about early in investment in digital content, et cetera, we can grow our share in retail and our, in our core market. At the same time, we've got to expand into DIY and e-commerce. So in 12 months' time, I think you would see us in those channels. And I want our customers, our traditional customers, to not be afraid of that because there's a halo effect in that. And as we've discussed before, it, it's rich in data. So we learn more about consumer trends and consumer patterns and we can bring that into our traditional channel. But it's also something I, I feel responsible to do. You know, I've got to fill this extra capacity we're, we're doing. I've got to continue to be able to um, employ the, the 50 people we do and employ a further 20%, which is part of our strategic plan. So development into those channels in 12 months time is what, is what you'll see. And then build that position in projects. You know, so through house building, low story house building, high story in terms of mixed use buildings and, and, you know, hotels and leisure. I think what you'll see is, is a business that's growing. And do you know what? It's growing because it's already got the momentum. 
we're coming off a pretty strong platform. Yes, there's a bounce back from COVID, but pre-COVID, this business was growing. It was growing in kind of high single figures. Through 2021, we're into sort of double figure growth and we need to maintain that momentum going through 23, 24, 25 through the five-year plan. So 12 months time, growth, new channels, and more people. And that's going to be one of the big things I really want to sit here in 12 months time and talk about as well, talent in the business. We've got some strong talent. We need more. That's really at the core of this because um, it's strong people that are going to take us into these new channels and, and go and drive that growth for us. Well, look, Steve, it's going to be absolutely fascinating to see how far you get with all that. As you say, fantastic company, great brand, so much potential to be so much more. So it's going to be really really interesting to see how far you get on. But look, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so much for letting me see the showroom again. So interesting to talk to you and have a very Merry Christmas. Thank you and you have a Merry Christmas too.